This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. Oh, God, I'm <laughs> And she's Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, chew it all, and you can't have any. Mm. And this this one's been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this whole episode by myself because Molly's going to be chewing the whole time. And uh, this episode is about sourdough, and it was suggested by Listener Autumn. Thank you, Listener Autumn, because thanks you really to you. You really sent us on a journey. Seriously. Matthew has, so Matthew, as Matthew will tell us momentarily. You just said my name a lot of times. Matthew created a starter named Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Again, he'll tell us about it in a minute. But he has been texting me Sylvia updates and photos like once a day for months. (laughs) I think I started like 10 weeks ago. Yeah, I I had no idea how involved this was going to be. I didn't know either. And I'm so grateful for it because right now that thing that I was chewing, that is a loaf of bread made from Sylvia. Yes, made by me this morning. Yeah. So, um, Matthew, let's go down sourdough memory lane. Absolutely. So the main thing on my sourdough memory lane is when I was a kid growing up in Portland, Oregon, my parents liked to shop at the Helen Bernard Bakery or possibly Helen Bernhard Bakery. The, there was a lot of uh, disagreement about the correct pronunciation because mm. it's B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D, a long-running neighborhood bakery in Northeast Portland. And they had these little sourdough rolls and they were the kind that has like, you know, little blisters all over the crust. Mm-hmm. So they're super mm-hmm. crispy and very sour, like San Francisco sourdough style. And I loved those things. That was that was a real special treat. And I believe that bakery is still there. Really? I think it's been open since like the 20s. Wow. I've never heard of it. It sounds like one of those great neighborhood bakeries that is totally non-trendy. That's that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, they're they're not rustic. They're not I don't know. They they they're not like doing like food or something. They're not making tartines. They're not making tartines, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're just Toast. making bread. I remember you know, I remember learning about San Francisco sourdough. Like I remember friends going to San Francisco and bringing home like a loaf of the the sourdough that gets sold in the the airport. Yep. You know what is that like boudin sourdough uh, oh, yes, or something? I've done that for really? sure. Oh, absolutely. Like the the not maybe not the first time I went to San Francisco, but I remember on on a trip to San Francisco, I went to like the one at Fisherman's Terminal. Yes, Fisherman's Wharf. Yes, Fisherman's exactly. Terminal had exactly <laughs> um, with like shafts of wheat on the logo. What is it? Fisherman's Wharf. 
Fisherman's Wharf. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Fisherman's yeah. Terminal is the one in Seattle. Yes. Okay. Fisherman's Wharf. And, and they, they have like this ridiculous like conveyor belt with like bread, like kind of marching around robotically. <laughs> being carried all over the store. Anyway, it's pretty good. You know, it it's good in that it has that like characteristic sourdough flavor. It's it, it has zero nuance right, to that right. sourdough flavor. Yeah, is it is it a great but, bread? No. Is it kind of exactly what you want in a in a touristy San Francisco sourdough? Yes. Yeah. I don't think my family I don't know if my family ever brought loaves of it back, but I definitely remember when we would go visit family in the Bay Area, I remember seeing the like stand for it in the airport. And I remember other friends' families bringing it back from San Francisco and it being Mm -hmm. very exciting. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to Seattle, um, I got to be friends with uh, my good friend, Kate Knight. Her family sort of took me in. And I I think I wrote about them a lot in the early days of the blog. They uh, they had like an annual lamb roast. I mean, like really, really interesting people. And Kate's sister, Margot, had been given a sourdough starter by someone. And she gave me a little bit of it. This did was it have in a like, name? It did not have a name. Did you give it a name? I did not give it a okay. name. This was in like 2004. And I remember Margot had a recipe for like a bunt cake that she would make mm. using the sourdough. It was a chocolate sourdough cake with like a chocolate glaze. Anyway, the sourdough starter she gave me was not very sour. And I have to say, I abused that sourdough starter and it kept on going. Mm-hmm. I think I had it from 2004 to 2006. I went through periods of being really excited about baking with it um, and making cake and things like that, but I I did not take good care of it. Anyway, the one period of time when I remember making a lot of bread from it was, this would have been when I would have first come across your name, Matthew. This was in the days of eGullet. That's me. This food no, I, I mean, forum. I'm, I'm not eGullet. I'm Matthew. <laughs> no, but this food forum, Matthew and I both yeah. used to be active and from like, I don't know, 2002 to 2004 or yeah, something. I think, yeah, something that was, like that. I feel like that was, those are the golden days yeah. of online food forums. There was this guy named Jack Lang. Okay. And maybe he was really active in like the bread baking forum or that something. That makes sense. But he posted his like sourdough bread recipe and I made it mm-hmm. using Margot's starter. Maybe we should just call the starter Margot. I, in the early days of my blog, was into baking with this Jack Lang recipe. The loaves of bread were never never very good because this mm-hmm. sourdough starter was not great. But I remember I, some of the loaves did crazy things in the oven. Ooh. Like they must have had air bubbles in very strange <laughs> like, like places. Like yell for help? <laughs> yeah, they became sentient uh-huh. sourdough loaves. No, one of them sprang like two tiny dough balls from the underneath <gasps> of it. Oh, wow. Like like testes, yeah. really. Yeah, I get where you're and going And I this. found this hilarious. Oh, and that's I took, very funny. I took a picture of it and posted it on my blog. And my sister, my sister who is like um, uh, of a totally different generation from sure. me. She's 20 years old, 22 years older than me. I remember having a phone call with her not long after and she told me how inappropriate she thought <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. I... It sounds like yeah. you're alleging that uh, that like 65 year old people don't think balls are funny, yeah. and I think <laughs> I think there are some among our listeners who would beg to disagree. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I went through a period of time with this sourdough. I never made very good bread. Sometimes I would use the um, like the discard from it from feeding mm-hmm. it to make crumpets. I bought crumpet oh, rings. Yeah. I was a wild twenty something. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're- 
I would make crumpets. Spreading your crumpets all over America. <laughs> exactly. I would make crumpets with this sourdough starter. I made that Jack Lang bread. It never turned out very well. I mean, no knocks against Jack Lang. Mm-hmm. It was totally my fault. I was a horrible starter parent. So I definitely did a starter once before, and I think it just never took off, and I gave up. Yeah. Mine definitely, what do you call it when you let it sit in the fridge for a while and a, a layer of liquid forms That's on top? That's called hooch. Well, I used to call it hooch because it smelled like alcohol. Yeah. But what is it? Um, it's just like a whole bunch of, it's, it's like vinegar, basically. It's like an acetic acid rich soup. Hmm. Is um, it good for anything? It, well, it means your, your starter has gotten very sour. So like at, at the point that, that but hooch. But starter didn't make very sour bread. Right at the point, the, there's a there's a trade off between sourness and activity. Oh, so um, so like by the by the time you've gotten a bunch of hooch, like your starter is pretty worn out and is going to need a lot of refreshing to to be good at leavening. Mm. Um, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about how to make things more or less sour. We'll try we'll try not get as technical on this episode as we did on the pineapple episode. How okay. about that? Okay. Can I tell you what sourdough is? Please take it away. Um, because I I knew sort of, but now I know more. So sourdough is it's a colony of yeasts and bacteria that is used to leaven and flavor bread and bread products. And the yeast primarily produce carbon dioxide, and the bacteria primarily produce l- lactic and acetic acid. And that's a vast oversimplification because sourdough is a whole ecosystem, and it's very complicated. And it's living in your refrigerator right it's now. It's living in my refrigerator right now. Like, literally, that that jar of Sylvia has trillions, quadrillions, maybe, of organisms in it. Wow. That's um, so cool. And they're all my friends and, and my only friends. Mm-hmm. Well, because I've stopped being your friend. Right, because, because I wouldn't shut up about my sourdough starter. Yeah. Um, so uh, Pliny the Elder was absolutely on top of this. So sourdough baking has been around since prehistoric times, which means there's a lot we don't know about it. Like archaeologists are always finding like an ancient sourdough starter or loaf or evidence of sourdough baking. Mm-hmm. What does that actually look like? I don't know. Did you ever, hold on, I once dried out my sourdough starter and sent it to someone. I haven't done that yet. Um, yeah, I, I, I poured a thin layer of it on a piece of parchment yeah. and let it dry in the someone air. Someone sent me some starter once. I think that was the previous starter I did. Mm. Someone maybe on Eagle had sent me a, a, yeah. a bit of their starter. And yeah, it, it went fine. I just didn't really know how to take care of it. I was I was young. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, but I wasn't I, ready to be I a wonder, sourdough parent. I wonder if if uh, you know if people have found dried sourdough starter or you know evidence of. Yeah, that's possible. Anyway, I was just speculating. Mm-hmm. Go on. Now that your mouth is full, mm-hmm. they found they found a really old first edition of um, oh shit. What's the name of the guy in Portland? <laughs> Ken Forkish? Ken Forkish's book. Okay, so Pliny the Elder wrote about sour, the sourdough method. Like, he was very clearly writing about uh, a, a method where you save some dough and put it into the next dough um, in in uh, his masterwork, Natural History, which was published in 79. anything that guy did not write about? No, because... So I learned more about Pliny the Elder while researching this, too. I did not realize Pliny the Elder started his book in 77. That's, that's the year 77 AD. And... Uh, he had been like researching it for decades. Uh, it was called Natural History. It was basically everything he learned about the natural world, and then had almost finished it by the time he died in the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in seventy nine. Wow! Oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. is fascinating. I, I, I'm sure I could find a really great biography of Pliny the Elder. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. 
There is some evidence that the lactic acid bacteria in sourdough gets into the dough when insects poop on the wheat or stored flour. Hmm. Um, okay. There, there's been like one paper on this, so so I wouldn't put too much stock in it. But they did see they found they found Lactobacillus san franciscensis in uh, insect guts. Why? Yeah. Why is is San Francisco? You know, uh, why is sourdough associated with San Francisco? So I, it's because of the gold rush, ah. and uh, you know, people like like gold rush miners, gold panners, gold people like uh, bring, you know, their, sourdough they bring their sourdough starter and, and you know live off the bread made from it. And they were called sourdoughs. Um, it is not true that you can only make good sourdough in San Francisco. It's n- probably also not true that Sam- sourdough made in San Francisco has like a particular taste that you can't get anywhere else. It's I'm- just a regional style. Okay. Okay. And sourdough is used for breads around the world. There's the uh, Sangak flatbread in Iran, which uh, which it looks real tasty. Mm-hmm. Injera is a sourdough bread mm-hmm. like, made with uh, teff flour. Yep. So it's uh, you know it's a uh, made with a made with a starter. Uh, Idlis, um, the uh, oh, the Indian bread. Yeah. I found this so interesting. So when you make a sourdough starter at home, often there will it will go through a period where it smells really funky. And it uh, is producing a lot of gas, but is not really ready to raise bread yet. Okay. And that's because of a Leuconostoc species of, of bacteria that uh, that is that kind of does well in that early sourdough environment. And that's considered like the bacteria you don't want in Western bread baking. And it is the bacteria that produces idlis, the the characteristic Ah. flavor of idlis. So like what is considered like spoiled versus nicely fermented varies hugely from culture to culture. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow, you are so excited! I'm so excited. You. Matthew is grinning, uh, telling me Danish about this. rye bread, like mm-hmm. for uh, smura bread. That's a sourdough bread. Sourdough bread is all over the place. Anywhere people make bread, obviously, commercial yeast didn't start until a hundred or two hundred years ago. Okay, so okay, so hold on. Let's talk about Sylvia because yes. I don't remember how you made her or how how you like even chose because you got a book and I how, got how a did book, you choose the book? Although I started Sylvia before I got the book, so I think the book was recommended to me by a listener. It might have been listener Autumn. I don't remember. So the book that I've been working out of is uh, Artisan Sourdough Made Simple by Emily Rafa. I don't think there is any other sourdough book on the market that is even close to as good as this one for the home baker. Wow. There, are, there are a lot of there are a lot of sourdough right, books. Right. And there are a lot of bread books in general that sort of you you can tell that they were written by a professional baker who is doing their best to keep the home baker in mind, but still is is in the mindset of a commercial bakery. Okay. Um, and this is not one of those books. This this is so, a book by a home baker for home bakers. But she is still like super rigorous with recipe testing. Everything is done by metric weight. Wow. It's a great book. Um, also, I mean, I, okay, well, hold on. I don't want to spoil the fun. So I'll, I'll, I'll add yeah, my two cents. Don't spoil the fun. Okay. Um, however, I did not use her starter method, although I think it's almost exactly the same as what I ended up using, which is uh, the King Arthur flour method that I got off the King Arthur flour website. And basically, the way you make any starter is the most basic method is you combine some kind of flour with, with water, usually an equal amount by weight. Mm-hmm. Then you keep adding more flour and water once or twice a day and removing the excess so you don't end up with an exponential amount of it. And over the course of a couple weeks, usually is what it takes, it will 
you know, go through phases. It will, you know, you might you might attract some bacteria you don't want for a while and uh, it'll smell weird and you'll think you ruined it. Then it'll go dormant for a little bit and then it'll start bubbling up more. And I got to the point where mine was okay, but not great. And then I read somewhere, try, if your starter isn't as lively as you would like, try using rye flour. And the first time I put rye flour into Sylvia, she went berserk. Wow. Uh, So how long would you say it took to get from like initial mixing of flour and water to the point at which you knew that that like Sylvia was there and you needed to add rye flour? Well, I didn't know I needed to add rye flour until I just like stumbled across that advice. Okay. But because because if I did it again, I would just be using like 50 percent rye flour from the beginning. Okay. Um, but two weeks like and many recipes say it'll be ready in a week. And if if you are lucky and or live in a warm environment, that's possible. But two weeks, I think, is really more realistic. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet totally you, allowed oh I love this oh I see they even have special pet items you yep. can use and they have the built-in alpha closet system nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes nobody wants to see nobody, that nobody yeah so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals I am down well this is made for you then and this is town place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, I feel like there's a lot of misinformation about oh, there yeah. out there about like where does the yeast come from, Matthew? Okay, there's so much. We're going to talk about some sourdough myths. We're going to be we're going to be myth busting. Is I'm that a, is that a trademark let's, term? Let's let's debunk. Okay, the yeast and bacteria in sourdough comes almost entirely from the flour that you use to make the starter. When you buy flour, ah. it is full of yeast and bacteria spores. You'll hear that it does. Maybe it comes from the hands of the baker, or like you're capturing it from the air. Yeah, I've always heard the right. capturing it. From this the is air. not true, and we know it's not true because it has been tested by uh, trying to make a starter with sterilized flour, and you cannot. Ah, okay. So wait, but I remember. I remember this Nancy Silverton method. I remember watching a blogger back in the day, I can't remember who, make a, a sourdough starter using a method that I think Nancy Silverton wrote yeah. about where you like you use grapes or something like you're trying to to like get yeast from the skin of the grapes. Talk to me about this. So that will neither help nor hurt. Okay. It absolutely makes a good starter. My guess would be that it's if you use that, that method after a few weeks, if you tested a starter made with grapes initially or without, you would find 
little to no difference in the microflora. Okay. So it's just sort of like different sources for yeast and bacteria. Yes. Now, having said that, at King Arthur Flower, they have a uh, a sourdough microbiologist who works for them named Deborah Wink, who has written some incredibly awesome, super nerdy blog posts about sourdough. And she found that one thing that really does help by making a making an inhospitable environment for those bacteria that you don't want is using pineapple juice at first because oh. just because it is very acidic. And so then you don't get like the the idli making. Right. Uh, so yeah, bacteria. it's not, not good for or making idlis is good for making western sourdough breads. Interesting. Okay. Okay. But you don't you don't really end up with any different result after a few weeks. Again, it's just it's just kind of to kick things off on a better foot. Okay. So why did why did rye flour help Sylvia so much? Oh boy, I tried to figure this out. Essentially, for some for some reason rye, you know, rye flour is a good food for for yeast and bacteria. And if you if you think about it like Whole grain flours spoil much more easily than refined flours, and it's because they've got more nutrients in them, mm-hmm. uh, micronutrients okay. of right. some kind. Okay. Why is she named Sylvia? Oh, Sylvia is named after the pulp song, Sylvia, which we're going to drop in a little clip of right here. It's one of my favorite songs, and uh, the chorus goes, uh, keep believing and do what you do, and that's that sums up Sylvia's work ethic. It sure does. So, well, okay. So Matthew gave me some Sylvia mm-hmm. in a little Tupperware. Yeah. And, and Matthew, like, you even got out your label maker and, and wrote Sylvia on the label and put it on the, the, the Tupperware. And then you gave me another little Tupperware that mm-hmm. says Sylvia Feed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which was just 50% all-purpose flour, 50% rye flour. So I baked my first loaf mm-hmm. with Sylvia over the weekend. So I was initially like, listen, Matthew, I'll admit that when you gave me Sylvia, I was like, I don't want this. Oh, I, I I knew like, this was going to be a hard sell. I don't want anything else to care for. Like, so I just handed it. You already a, have a child, a dog. Uh, myself. Else? Yourself. I, I have a partner who, yep. t- to be clear, I don't care for like a child. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I just finished writing the first draft of my third book. Woo-hoo! And so like, I just. I was there when Molly turned in her manuscript. Matthew really was. Matthew was my first reader throughout the process. Yeah. Anyway, I did a pretty good job. You you were great. Anyway, but I, I was like, Matthew, I want no responsibilities. I basically am just going to spend the rest of the summer like lying in a bucket of rosé. Yeah, but then, but I gave then you, you gave me Sylvia. I gave you literally billions of, of little organisms to care, to care for. for yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I took Sylvia home and I was like very, very grudgingly fed her. Yes. But then she like got so active and uh-huh. she was so cute i know right she was so like, cute when you feed a sourdough starter it climbs up the sides of the oh, container and it's like, i'm here yes and you can see the bubbles and smells so good anyway so i made bread from her i used the i believe it's called like the everyday sourdough recipe from mm-hmm. artisan sourdough made simple the book that you just recommended and um it was so easy you know basically i took some sylvia i kind of thinned it with water 
um, I used uh, King Arthur bread flour and fine salt. I mixed up the dough on Friday night. Super easy. Mm -hmm. I think I let it rest for like 30 minutes and then like mixed it a little bit more. And then I let it sit overnight. I was worried that it had overproofed overnight because I kind of like slept in a little bit. Yeah, and like it probably got real big, it right? It got really big. But then I – and this is also like a no-need bread, we should add. So basically yeah, so there's no kneading involved. That's one of the things I like about this book is that it, it takes like the, the things from that, you know, that book that everybody had a few years yep, ago, like yep. artisan bread, five minutes a day or whatever, like that uh, it's a no-need method and you bake it in a cast – in a uh, you know, a Dutch oven. Yes. So anyway, my first loaf was incredible. It I looked couldn't amazing. I believe it. It was so good. June was like over the moon about it. June decided we should call the loaf Sylvia. Yeah, I, I've been, I sometimes call my love Sylvia. Yeah, I think pretty much all of our loves will be called Sylvia. Last night, Ash and I ate the last of Sylvia, uh, toasted up with a little bit of salted butter. And yeah. Ash proclaimed a true love for Sylvia. Oh, and I thought, you know, I'm happy to share Ash with Sylvia. Yeah, you, yeah, you said Sylvia you, is worthy. If you like Sylvia so much, why do you marry it? Yeah. Her. Her, her, right. Yeah, okay. So, anyway, uh, I'm so impressed. Like, really, I, I was not in the mood for baking. I did not want to do this. Yeah, and Molly was sending me all these sourdough pictures, and I was like, nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I started sending Matthew a bunch of pictures of the bread and the crumb. And anyway, I'm and sold. I said, this is inappropriate. I'm sold. I can't wait to make more. Okay, yeah, so you're going to keep Sylvia alive? I'm going to keep Sylvia alive. Okay. She's in the fridge right now. Yeah. She's chilling. Yeah, so let's talk about, like... Some some other sourdough myths, like sourdough is a pain. It's really not. It's really not. So basically, Sylvia, um, if we keep her in the fridge, we only feed her once a week. Once a week is fine. And if we keep her out on the counter, you need to feed her every day. Yeah, although um, if you miss a day, is she going to die? No. When I was baking with her, I pulled her out of the fridge like the, like 24 hours before. I fed her in the morning, then I fed her again in the evening, and then I used her. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you need to do. I'm just using her and using her up. Yeah. Now, uh, like rye flour is kind of expensive. <laughs> I, I I might try experimenting with like reducing the percentage of rye flour. But I would also say, Matthew, think about how much it costs to buy a loaf of bread these days. Oh yeah, like six dollars for an artisan right. loaf of bread, something so like that. So how much does a bag of like Bob's Red Mill rye flour cost? Oh, I don't know, like three dollars. Okay, so stop complaining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Another thing that we talked about San Francisco sourdough and how that's a, a style of, of sourdough bread that's really sour. Yes. Um, this homemade bread, you can definitely taste that it is sourdough bread, but it is not overwhelmingly sour. And sometimes I want a more sour bread. And this this one, I deliberately made a little more sour than than ones I've done in the past. And there are, it, we'll, we'll maybe link to this. There are, like, there are methods for like highlighting or de-emphasizing the sourness of sourdough bread. Okay. Um, so I made the sour the starter a little thicker and fermented it a little longer. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Really cool. Super cool. Um, yeah, my bread was not very sour at all, mm-hmm. but uh, it had a really nice crumb that was both moist, but like not dense. Yeah. So one thing that I have had to kind of come to terms with is... I don't think you can quite get as good a crust and crumb in a home oven, even if you use a Dutch oven, the Dutch oven method, as you will from like a really oh, good yeah. commercial bakery. Yeah, that night, like, like the crust crisp, is never going to be quite thick, as shattery. thick, and the crumb is never going to be quite as dry and airy. I mm-hmm, guess, mm-hmm. but you, but it's, but you made this bread. It cost almost nothing, and you know, 
get over yourself, me. But the other thing is, I mean, you you were inspecting this crumb today and feeling like it was it was too dense, but it's in no way gummy. No. Like in no way gummy. And I mean, a lot of homemade bread is not great. Right. This is, I, I could not believe what a good loaf I got out of this thing right away. Yeah. Thank you, Sylvia. Mm-hmm. So Matthew, I think we've, I think we've talked a lot about sourdough. Now. I think we have. Yeah. Hold on. What else have you done with this? Okay. So there are other things you can do with sourdough, including like you mentioned, there are recipes that are made from like kind of Sylvia's cast off leftovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crumpets are great for that. Pancakes. Mm-hmm. Where you, you are not necessarily using the starter for leavening just for flavor. Mm-hmm. So I reworked your waffle recipe, mm-hmm. which you published on your on your blog which years ago. Which is not my recipe. I, it's from someone else. Your stolen waffle recipe yeah. that you stole like like a thief in the night. I think I, I called them like waffles of insane greatness mm-hmm. or something. I, actually, I don't think I named them I don't think them you that. named them No. That. And I, anyway, I, I adapted that recipe to use Sylvia mm-hmm. instead of, instead of uh, just flour and water. Yeah. And they are so good. They are the lightest, crispiest waffles I've ever had. They brown beautifully. You've got sourdough flavor coming through. Wow. I, I will post the recipe. Okay. Spilledmilkpodcast.com. Okay. What about, have you made any pizza from Sylvia? I have. I've made both pizza and calzones, which I never know whether to say calzone or calzone. I Whatever. feel like kind of a tool when I say calzone. Yeah, you and that's sound, not, and that's not you even sound how, like an idiot. That's not even the right Italian pronunciation. Calzone. Yes. So anyway, I made calzones. I was in the zone. And really good like it's it's you get to you get to where it, you can kind of figure out pretty easily how to adapt a commercial yeast recipe for sourdough mm-hmm. and like it's not you know the dough texture was not the same but it came out great speaking of calzone do you remember the scene in singles when debbie hunt is going to go have her video made at expect the best yes and she's talking to like the the shop girl and the and this, the clerk is like, oh, he's totally the next Martin Scorsese. Yes, I do. It reminds me of Calzone. Calzone. Yeah. Uh, I made garlic knots, which were really tasty. I like. I always, I always, because I'm, I'm uh, when I make bread, I want it to be really well browned. I, I always tend to over, over bake garlic knots, which are supposed to be sort of like under, underdone yeah. and chewy. Yeah. So I need to give those another run, but the flavor was great. Cool. One thing that I that uh, is true of Emily Rafa's book Artisan Sourdough Made Simple, um, and is true of bread books in general. Like I got the new Peter Reinhardt mm-hmm. Pan Pizza book, which mm-hmm. also has a sourdough has sourdough method for every recipe. If you write a book about bread or pizza, or <laughs> we can probably think of other things too. I know what you're gonna say. You only need like one or two recipes for those things, and then you all you have can do to pad out the book is come up with a whole absurd bunch of flavors, toppings, and flavors. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. so like, I think there's like a Philly cheesesteak pizza in that oh, book, that and that's, of, it drives me nuts. Yeah. And I know why it happened. Right. I mean, like, what else are you going to do? You can't right. publish like a forty-page bo- like cookbook. a pamphlet. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, I find that annoying. So I don't too. begrudge them that, but it is kind of funny. Yeah, Matthew, I'm I'm getting sleepy. I feel like e- eating. I, well, that's I, a, that's the thing. Like. I, I feel so chilled out by the Sylvia was, bread. When I was like, starting you... to test breads for for this episode, like a couple times I ate like three quarters of a, of a loaf of bread and myself then, over the course of the day. And then you were like, Ugh. Yeah, and then I was like, I don't need dinner anymore. I'm very sleepy right now. I think you're going to have to make me a cup of I'm gonna, tea. I'll make you some tea. Okay. Well, Matthew, I'm really glad you gave me some Sylvia. What can we do, listeners, what can we do to convince you to make sourdough. Could we send a bit of Sylvia to every one of our listeners? No, God, I don't want to get involved in this. 
No. Matthew's going to spend the rest of the summer drying and shipping Sylvia. No, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get, like, I hate I hate being involved in fulfillment. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't what like to be fulfilled to myself. This? I don't like to fulfill other people's <laughs> needs. They say, they say no man is an island. I beg to disagree. <laughs> um, but what you could do is just everyone come to my house. Okay. Okay, great. All right, cool. <laughs> my address is 123... <laughs> um, Poopy Lane. Poopy Lane. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you can find us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast, where I don't know. Tell us what you named your sourdough starter. Yes, please. Tell us. Um, I, I don't know. Like, do you have any? I don't know. Do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you? Are you fulfilled? <laughs> yeah. anyway, is anyone truly fulfilled you can also find us uh, on our website spilledmilkpodcast.com where we'll post Matthew's adaptation of the waffles of insane greatness yep we'll post style. a link to buy artisan sourdough made simple thank you Emily Rafa for writing that book thank you listener, listener Autumn. Autumn for suggesting this episode and you found us wherever you found us so yeah, please thanks. leave us a review on Apple Podcasts Stitcher Google Play CastBox whatever Whatever you got. Whatever you got. Review us, please. Okay. Uh, Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Keep believing and do what you do. I'm Molly Weisenberg. I I want to burst into song. It's a very, it's a demanding chorus to sing. Keep believing and do what you do. Something like that. (laughs) I'm Molly Weisenberg. (laughs) And I'm Matthew Epster Burton. All right, it's uh, Friday morning. I got Sylvia here. Looking pretty bubbly. That's good. I had to throw away all but four ounces of Sylvia, which feels wrong every time. Four ounces. Oh, the glooping. Okay, there's four ounces of Sylvia. Gonna discard the rest. So long, suckers. Cool part is gonna be when wife of the show, Lori, gets home and looks in the compost, and there's this fizzing bubbling fragrant mass and she says what did you do again i mean actually she says that for one reason or another every time she gets home from work four ounces of goo four ounces of goo four ounces of goo okay i'm gonna add four ounces of flour it's no good foley sound for measuring flour it's very uh, quiet contemplative affair four ounces of water. All right. Stir it up. Oh, yeah. Looking good there, Sylvia. Okay, you go back on top of the fridge. I'm going to take a shower. I will see you again in 12 hours. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities.